what play to watch you should do Chucky last so we can segue straight into the movie so he can talk about watching Next Generation. Okay. Well, that's a good point because I, yeah, I've basically done nothing else but watch Next Generation. Yeah, so that way you'll be like, I'll watch Next Generation. We'll talk about how great it is and then someone can say, you know, it's not, you know, it's not as great and then we'll go. Okay. Well, All right. Anyways, guys, welcome to episode 198 of Big Trouble Podcast. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. I'm Chaz. I'm Zach. <laughs> I, uh, this is my favorite part of Tuesday. To gonna be, this is going to be the show one day. It's just us trying to introduce ourselves, and it's going to take 37 minutes, and then we're going to just end the show. I, I can't wait until like we have a guest that like we're going to interview or be part of the show, and then we're, like, we're going to introduce each other, and like Zach and Chaz are just going to be like, and then, like, <laughs> another cat. an awkward pause. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to get into some Star Trek Insurrection. Um, but before we get into that, what the hell have you guys been playing, watching, or doing? I will go first, because I believe I didn't play a lot. I I don't even think I played anything. I, actually, no, Wild Guns I played. That was fun. Don't you need to beat Resident Evil something dude the motivation the motivation sucks bro (laughs) motivation went back down yeah (laughs) zach didn't zach beat it get to work son yeah the true villain of the game is is the the motivation i will play i will make i will make a challenge andy i will beat revelations 2 by next weekend if i don't i will have to shave my head Okay. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's a good one. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Andy says if you do beat it, then Andy will shave his hair. Then I'll shave mine. <laughs> what the hair? Deal? You can specify what hair. Uh oh. Everything. I'm not doing my eyebrows. No. I'm not not, not. that doesn't count. Yeah. So I'll just do everything. I have to be bald. Um straight up shiny on my head. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, did you watch anything? Uh, Master Chief had sex in Halo, um, the TV show. With uh, what? Uh, with uh, Cortana. No, the Arbiter. Actually, <laughs> actually, Cortana was cucked. Uh, she was watching Master Chief have sex with someone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cortana watches me have sex. So there's a yeah. I, I leave my computer my on when I have sex. Sometimes it's not because yeah, like, hey Alexa, keep your eyes open. And she's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> Watch this. So there, there's a character where she's like queen of the floods and the like the actual flood uh, people uh, enemies, what? and she's part of the covenant, uh, and she's like a spy that is going uh, with the UNC. Uh, Marines to try to find the artifact. So she, I, I don't know what the writing was. I don't know if she actually fell in love with fucking Master Chief uh, or she just fucked them to get to the artifact. The writing is so so bad I can't tell. Um, but by the way, like the dude that plays Master Chief, I don't know what it like. like what was his audition? Did he have to like do his muscles and like turn his head and be like I'm, I'm Master Chief here. Because every time you look at him, he has to have his head tilted and he's talking to someone. Oh man, I took the pellet out of my spine. 
now now I feel all the emotions, but I still talk like this. And it's 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 annoying. The only reason why I'm watching it because you're probably like, Dubs, why are you hate watching this show? Yeah, uh, like you stopped watching this. I, I, I thought I was, but like I kept on saying it's a train wreck and I want to see how it ends. Um and plus I will say this, Picard sucked more than Halo. Um, at least Halo, I was like, oh, that was a pretty good scene. I That reminds me of the video game a little bit. I was uh, happy about the battle scenes, but once they start getting into sex and Master, Ch- uh, Master Chief having a backstory, I just tune out. Um, I'm wondering how the season finale is going to happen, um, so I'm, I'm all for that. I finished Station Eleven. Uh, it's on HBO Max. It's about a flu that pretty much kills most of the world, uh, and it's narrowed down to certain people. There's actors that they call it the wheel. It's pretty much they go in a circle during all the seasons and uh, play Hamlet. Uh, they do plays for people that are still within the community, uh, and shit happens. Uh, it had a nice beautiful ending um 10 episodes i highly recommend it the book is excellent uh the book is better than the tv show but the tv show is excellent too um i watch amber i'll I'll, you know i'll bring it up here i'm not going to say news but i i've been watching amber heard trial uh and i should say amber heard and johnny depp but lately it's been amber heard on the stand uh and there was a big bombshell today uh, where Johnny Depp's uh, lawyer um, said, hey, how did TMZ know about, like, the su- supposed abuse? And <laughs> in the trial when she was uh, depoted in uh, the deposition in England, because that's where the first trial happened, she said <laughs> that she gave the pictures to TMZ. And then the uh, American court she denied giving the uh, uh, we call pictures to TMZ. So she committed perjury. We just don't know in what country. Yeah. So it, it, it the only reason why it was bring up brought up um, is to show the jury that she's a lying cunt. Um, and there's other stuff. Her, her mannerism. Um, apparently, her last relationship, she beat up her uh, her uh, girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> so she has a history of domestic violence. Uh, so it's shitty. Um, it's it's clearly showing that she is an aggressor too. Now, my opinion, I think both of them are abusing each other. Um, I just think that Johnny Depp is like overpowered by her uh, because you know her his finger got cut off and uh, he's a mess with drugs. Like you could totally pointed out that he's a he's a drug addict and you know it's shitty but that doesn't mean you get to slap him around and put a put a fucking turd in his fucking uh in his bed and shit uh but anyway after that bombshell apparently aquaman 2 her contract she didn't get fired she didn't get let go they just lessened her contract i don't know what that means uh besides the price going down does that mean she's gonna have less scenes in the in the movie too? We don't know what the contract uh, is. It just knows that right after today's um, court that happened. So 
I mean, that movie was probably going to be a commercial and critical failure regardless. So, How was Aquaman 1 anyway? Anybody seen that movie? It was okay. It was pretty good. I didn't see it. Yeah. yeah it was, it's all right. But uh, I, don't, I can't remember how it did. I want to actually say it fared pretty well, but not quite as not quite as well as Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Actually, it did better. Did it do better commercially? Probably, yeah, I wasn't like sure. But... Successful commercial movie so far. Pun intended, but they rode the wave. Basically, they rode I guess the wave. The mimosa yeah. wave. I, I think the the whole moral of the story, so we don't have to talk more about and give any more air toward Amber Heard or any of that nonsense. So all those young viewers out there, men and women alike, don't stick your dick in crazy. Yes, just. The easiest thing is like be sure of where you're putting your your genitals because if you put them too close to crazy, then then bad things happen. Yeah, well, it's a problem though. If you encounter somebody with uh, BPD, they seem perfectly normal at first. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was the problem. And if you stick your yeah. dick in crazy, you might lose an opportunity at Pirates of the Caribbean. So yeah, it's true. You may never get to to become Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> whatever whatever that shit was you know fucking harry potter uh <laughs> anyways that's all i've done uh wild guns i had a fun time playing that um i have my metal gear msx rom ready to play um but i know andy's gonna have some things to talk about so i'm gonna move to andy Andy, you're next I beat Metal Gear. Woo! Did it in less than a week. I streamed the whole thing at uh, twitch.tv slash the cliche mustache. And there in the coming week, I will also be beating Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake. Uh, it's longer than the first one, so it might take me more than a week. But and uh, the, the game was fun and cool. And I'm going to reserve most of what I have to say about it for the eventual release of a podcast to surpass Metal Gear. But one thing about it that pissed me off is. Uh, it, reminded me that 8-bit games can be genuinely fun and thought-provoking because I'd written off 8-bit gaming. Like, when I go to retro gaming stores, I don't even look at NES games anymore. There's two kinds of NES games. Well, there's three kinds of NES games. Ones I already own, ones that are too expensive for me to ever own, and ones I don't care about. So I just stopped looking. But I played Metal Gear, and it is the MSX version. It's not the NES version. But uh, I had a great time. That game is so cool and so well put together. And there's, like, still, like, at the end, like, uh, the, the resistance leader calls you. He's like, I figured out who the leader of uh, Outer Heaven is. It's, oh, oh my God. And then he's, like, <laughs> gets cut off. And it's, like, like, little fun stuff like that, even in, in a super old game like that. And I, uh, lots, lots of fun, little clever things. This game's a lot of fun. I, I stopped by uh, a couple times on your stream, but the last time I stopped by, you were frustrated. Uh, I, I wanted to bring up uh, because I still heard you, but your audio was your your microphone. the The game audio was fine. the The microphone audio was a little low. Yeah, it's more important to capture the actual game because that's what I need. I don't. Need I, I didn't want to say anything because I saw your face and you were getting frustrated at the the alert of the enemies every time. Because once you like saw the doctor. Like all the enemies started flooding. I'm like, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna let yeah, it be. Well. It's kind of my own fault because, again, I'll save it for then. But I missed an item, and I did not know I missed it. The game didn't tell me because in a weird catch-22 situation, uh, it's an item I needed for people to call me on the radio. So no one could tell me that I needed to get this item, and I couldn't call them to find out where the item is because I didn't even know I missed it. So 
I, but again, we'll talk about that later. Um, that's the only game I played, but I watched a bunch of stuff. I watched uh, the first several episodes of a Netflix show, Russian Doll. It's pretty, it's pretty good. It's like a weird Groundhog Day situation, except the main character is like, I don't know, she's kind of a bitch, but it's like an interesting show. I don't know. I can't decide if it's going to be good yet or not. Um, I watched a bunch of old South Park episodes for no reason other than I was just nostalgic and I wanted to watch a bunch of old South Park. Uh, I watched a movie on Amazon called Seven Stages to Achieve Ter- Eternal Bliss as written by something, something storage. I can't remember. Uh, Seven Stages to Achieve Eternal Bliss is the shorter title. It's a very dark comedy. Uh, these, these, this couple moves from Ohio to some apartment in L.A. And it turns out in, I guess, the late 70s, some cult leader played by um what's that guy's name uh Waika Waititi what what's that guy's name directed uh, yeah it's played by him he's really funny but uh some cult leader killed himself in their bathtub in the late 70s but part of his cult was like the power of this portal of death will like keep the afterglow of your suicide lit for eternity so people are breaking into their apartment like almost every night and killing themselves in their bathroom oh my god <laughs> that's the whole premise of the movie and the movie's fucking hilarious it's really funny but it's supremely dark like if you don't have if you don't have a stomach for like dark comedy and suicide don't fucking watch that movie <laughs> <laughs> and i wanted to talk a whole bunch about that movie because it, it did surprise me and blow me away but then I went to the theater and we wanted to see the Northman, but we got there a little late. So I said, well, we'll see uh, everything everywhere all at once. It's a, another a 24 movie that just came out and stars uh, Michelle Yeoh and Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. And a few other people, that movie's fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. It's basically um, everyone's been sucking a 24's dick because they've been doing all this interesting stuff with horror and revitalizing like what you can do with that genre. Well, that same formula applied to sci-fi is everything everywhere all at once. It's about multiverse nonsense and like other selves and other lives and the butterfly effects. Spider-Man in it? uh, Probably. Okay. I mean, seriously, (laughs) if you went frame by frame, I would not be surprised. The movie's bonkers. It's got extremely good martial arts, like the kind of bullshit martial arts that Jackie Chan always does, where he, like, grabs stuff. Like, a guy beats up a whole bunch of security guards with a fanny pack in it. Like, that kind (laughs) of nonsense. Yeah. And, uh, it's got, like, a really, like, heartfelt story, and it's got a bunch of really good effects, but it also has this weird thing going on where all the, like, sci-fi technology from the other multiverse looks like nonsense like they they use these they use these weird headsets to like connect with selves from other uh, multiverses but they all just look like bluetooth headsets from the early 2000s it's it's weird the whole movie has its own like aesthetic and thing going on but it's got comedy and drama and martial arts and sci-fi and it's great it's an excellent movie definitely see it in theaters if you get the chance does jamie lee curtis do martial arts yes oh sort of (laughs) <laughs> well, not she does. Uh, she does professional wrestling. I can tell you that. She I mean, she 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 grabs yeah. someone and puts them. Uh, uh, does a does a backbreaker on him. It's hilarious. Nice, <laughs> fucking Bane. <laughs> but other than that, anything else? 
I think that was it. Yeah, a few movies. Oh, and I watched uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I completely forgot about that. I just finished watching that like an hour ago. Um, I always thought they could have done more with that movie. I like that movie a lot, but it's so rushed. It's less than two hours, and it covers a lot of ground really fast. I've never read the books. I've always wanted to, but I'm aware that it takes place over the course of several books. Movie's funny, though. It's a good time. Mm -hmm. It's a great movie. It's my top ten. All right, Zach, you're up. I have... Still been reading all my comic nonsense. Nothing to report there. Um, <clears throat> got to play a little bit WWE 2K22 with a human. It was mm-hmm. fun. <laughs> I basically had to introduce him to the game, uh, but it's a lot easier to pick up than, than previous ones because there's no, no more of that weird uh, engine jank. Where you kind of you have to learn the games, Jake used to be to be able to play it. Um, also uh, got Metal Gear Solid for uh, Dreamcast via Bleamcast. Yeah, Bleam. And I was I was kind of goofing off with that over the weekend, just seeing how it was. And something happened where I was playing it, where like I thought, uh, I was, my Dreamcast is usually set up to play on my second monitor through a VGA box. And uh, I thought I was losing my sound on it or something like the, uh, the sound ports on it were going out. Uh, so I unplugged it, moved it over my TV and tried it over there. No, it was the same thing. It was like I was losing channels of sound or something. And I figured out it was the game because I, I, I popped in the PlayStation version and I did like, you know, old switcheroo. I switched video inputs and listened. No, it's, it's something up with the way the game's ported or something. Hmm. It just loses like a whole channel of sound. Like if you're in the cavern, or like you're in the uh, the first level of the fucking building or whatever, when you just get in there from outside, yeah, you, know you you can always hear the chorus, the yeah, and and like some of the other shit, like it loses that, and like some of the other foreground like kind of noise. So all you're left with is like drum and bass, and it sounds kind of cool, but it's like. This doesn't sound right. Like it just bugged me, so I had to like figure that out, which is a shame because it looks great. Mm. Uh, it's mm. very. It's running at a higher resolution. It's got. Uh, there's no dithering. Some people like dithering. I'm indifferent about it. It could. I could take it or leave it, depending on what it is. I'm not like a, a stalwart fan of it or anything, but it's like a tool that game developers use to achieve a desired effect at times. Some games it doesn't matter, but I think in some games dithering, like like I was saying in our chat, like you know they use it on like the steam or the smoke or the snow or something, and you know it, it, you might not even notice it, but it, it's thought, just another tool. I thought Metal Gear Solid actually looked better without it, but I would probably say like a game, another game that came out around that time, Silent Hill, it would probably lose something if it lost the dithering. Yeah, that's that's the kind of that's the kind of thing I'm thinking about. Yeah, but um. Yeah, so it's, I don't know if it's just like maybe they fucked up this version or maybe there's some kind of um, hardware thing that's lost, like the specific Sony sound music chip in the PlayStation. The Dreamcast doesn't have that. It can't replicate that. So maybe it just doesn't work as good. Mm. I'm trying, I tried, I'm going to try to research it, figure it out. But that's it. All right. Chaz, you're up. Okay. So I attempted to play uh, the new Evil Dead game, which I uh, purchased and uh, on a 
based on a, a recommendation for a friend. Not really sure how that's going to go yet, but I'm excited. Uh, for those not aware, it's a it's one of the asymmetric multiplayer games. So it's four people from the Evil Dead franchise. You pick different characters, and um, and you can pick them from different settings of the movies and control them in a group. And the idea is to basically destroy the Necrocomicon. Uh, but the other person, instead of being like one individual monster, like you would in like the Friday the 13th game or Dead by Daylight, you actually are like the puppet master of evil. You're just, I'm trying to remember the way, is it Deadites? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. yeah. You basically control the Deadites in the entire army and you control the nonsense that goes on and you can possess people and objects and different things. Like, I guess you unlock your powers throughout. It sounds like it's really fun. It took a unique approach rather than trying to make it very lame like i think one of the weaknesses of those types of games are everyone just wants to be the the like the monster basically but in this way they've made sure to give people enough roles and powers to still make every role fun or interesting at least but it does sound like the only downside is that the gameplay can could end up being repetitive like once you've played all the roles and do them enough times like it, it doesn't create enough unique situations in how the games end i so, remember that was people's complaint <laughs> with the friday the 13th game as well yeah, I mean, that game was very uh, linear. The, the other problem there was that just everyone wanted to be Jason. Like, that that was a huge problem. People wouldn't finish games, and it was very annoying to even get through. And now that game doesn't even exist because uh, lawsuits. Yeah. But, yeah. But uh, but anyway, I, I'm excited to try it, but did not get a chance because uh, curse working and hospital call. But um, I did attempt to go back to my backlog and play uh, Crash 4, It's About Time, because um, that's a game that I've just, for some reason, not beaten. Um, so I played exactly one level and then had to do something else and didn't come back to it. Had to jerk um, off, right? Because Crash got you hot? Basically, yeah. Had, <laughs> had to cool off. Cold shower, the whole deal. But uh, uh, so I, I actually watched the... The, the movie we're going to talk about fairly early into the week, just on a whim. I was like, oh, I'm interested. I want to watch this. And then I don't know. I just went down the rabbit hole and I started looking up like best episodes and thought, you know, I don't want to watch, just watch best episodes in between. I think I really wanted to start from the beginning and watch it. So I'm, I think I'm like right at, I have to go back and look and see, but I think I'm somewhere e- either early to mid season two. Oh. I'm still fairly early into the, the series. I'm not far oh. into it, but really enjoy it. But I think part of it is I think I texted you all before. I had that strange phenomenon where I watched something or I, I saw something. Specifically, I heard the intro and saw the intro. Um, you know, of course, apps will sometimes skip automatically skip intros and stuff. So I'd, I'd been watching a couple episodes, and then I finally watched one, and I, the intro didn't skip. And I just had a flashback to like sitting in my grandparents' living room watching this with my my grandpa like late at night when I wasn't supposed to be up. And I, I mean, I'm talking legitimately like I'm like three, four years old. I'm like a toddler. So I don't know, just like I, the nostalgia just like blew it up, and made it even better. But I've I've enjoyed the episodes so far. Some of them have been pretty hokey, but um, but it's it's been a good watch. Uh, I will say this: Worf is fucking hilarious. <laughs> It works the best. And he gets even yeah. better now that he took over Tasha Yar's job. It, it's just, it's all better from here on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Yar's still in the, the episode, I uh, or in the series, and I'm thinking, oh, well, I haven't seen her in the movies, so I'm, I'm sure something's going to happen there. I'll, I'll wait and figure so, that out. 
uh, and then of course we've got Wesley Crusher, who <laughs> the Wheaton. You know, take take it for what it is. I I already knew who he was because of of the Big Bang Theory and the and the television show. Other than watching it, and I don't know his. I feel like he just played his character in real life. I don't know if Will Wheaton, the character, or as a person that I've read about on Twitter, is just the same as the character on the show. But they seem like they're the same. And I keep running to that same trope of, well, he ha- he happens to be right half the time, but nobody cares that he's right because he's a shithead. <laughs> so I always, I always uh, love it when Card just tells him to shut up. It's like, a <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that happened the most recent episode. Uh, uh, or binge I went on one of the episodes. Yeah, he's like trying to tell them something, and he is blatantly right. Like they they're all gonna die if they don't listen to him. And he goes, "Shut up!" <laughs> Doctor Crusher jumps in, is like, "Really?" And he tells her to shut up too. Yeah, <laughs> That's my great. my favorite part is like uh, when you get introduced to Wesley Crusher, and he's like on the bridge because he's so excited. Then, like, Picard comes in, like, what is a child doing on the bridge? Get him out of here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they clearly, like, they, they're very, like, face value with the whole thing. of At the very beginning, when Riker first comes on, he tells him, I, I don't do well with children. And then that's when, like, I think it's shortly after that, Wesley's introduced. And he's like, God, what is he doing on the bridge? Ah, ah children. Ah, my, there's no place here, lock. <laughs> yeah. So Riker is my fa- uh, second favorite character. Um Riker, I I feel like Riker, he's by the book with the Federation, but he's always having fun. He's always like smiling and and making jokes and stuff, and it, and it's it's so good. Like especially when we get to insurrection, which by the way, I I, I have a question later for that with the whole Deanna and uh, you know beard kissing and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah, I. I got a question about that. Had she never kissed him with a beard? I was like, "What, really?" Yeah, th- th- that's why I was like, "That—that that was my question." I was like, D- "Is that the first time?" I don't believe. I believe she kissed him when he had a beard, but maybe not. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I guess because after that, after that, they switch to the like, "Will it? Will they? Won't they?" And then they just kind of like get away from it entirely mm. because the writers wanted to write a bunch of stories where Riker's fucking other people. Yeah. But they need a guy to do that, and he's the, he's the guy to pin it on. He's he's out there fucking all these. We need someone to fuck aliens. Now Riker will do it. Yeah, that's that. I, I really the, like. Oh, go ahead. That's the interesting thing about Riker and Picard is they took Kirk and split him into two characters in Next Generation because there's like a, a intelligent captain, and then there's like a weird kind of a playboy, like a jerk off nice guy character i can see that yeah he's he's too dynamic you have the person that's like bound by obligation of duty and very cool and collected versus the person that's more passionate but he's charismatic and it creates an interesting dynamic i like that uh uh jonathan freaks uh as an actor his expressions are really funny like some of the faces he makes especially is like when he was much younger because it's kind of weird seeing him when he's a bit older and he got the beard and everything versus like but he's like new to uh in like season one he's in the crew and he's he's very just baby face clean shaven but some of the like the, his movements with his eyes like there's a there's the scene um it's like at the end of the episode where troy is to be married and there's like whole wishy-washy oh this i've been dreaming of this person this whole time and he ends up like randomly 
seeing that person right before the wedding. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the guy's name is yet. The tall, the the tall person that's with her mother, Hom. Yeah, Mr. Hom. Um, yeah. yeah, who looks it looks like Lurch basically from the yes, Adams family. It's played, I think he's played by uh, I don't know the guy's name, but he he plays. I don't want maybe it's not Lurch. It's someone like that though. Yeah. I was about to ask if if her mother's in the episode Loxana Troy. She's hilarious. I love mm-hmm. that character. Yeah, no, she's she's funny. Uh, but uh, he hasn't said anything the whole time. Like they don't think he can talk. He just hasn't said a single word. And like, there's the scene where he's like drinking all the alcohol and they're like oh boy should you really be doing that and he's just like throwing them back no big deal and at the very end he like thanks them for everything in the face that uh that Riker makes just it almost looks like he's like overselling it so it's almost like something else happened off screen and he's trying to hold back from not laughing about it I just thought it was pretty ridiculous but yeah, I, I've liked it so far Worf's definitely my, my favorite character uh though just the again he's got a very uh just very flat it's not like overbearingly flat or superficial the way he answers things but like for instance when they're on the uh the planet where people are very overly passionate and just like we'll just have sex out in the open yeah um and you know the drawback is like oh well every rule is or every law is punishable by by death riker's favorite planet yeah keep off the grass or you'll get killed and he where he's talking to Worf about having relations with women. He's like, oh, this is paradise. He's like, ah, I, I've never been able to consort with, with human uh, women. I always thought that uh, I, I would always hurt them. And he's like, ah, oh, you know, hearing that from you, uh, hearing it from anyone else, I would think they were bragging. But <laughs> 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 like, he, he basically kill them if he tried to have a Klingon version of sex with them. I, uh, Andy, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the episode where Riker goes on the Klingon ship to act as the uh, first officer was that season one or two? I think it's season two. Oh, yeah. I haven't come. I we haven't watched come to that, that one. Yet. I think yeah. right. That's one of the ones I chose. That, mm-hmm. that I love that episode, but that's one yeah. of the ones I chose. Yeah, I haven't come to that episode, and I, I'm like I'm pretty early into season two, so uh, like the earlier uh, third or half of it. So I'll, I'll let you know when I get to that. But I haven't seen that episode yet. Yeah, the guy does play Larch in the movies, by the way, and he's also in Twin Peaks. He's the giant. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, okay. That's that's actually what I thought. I was like, there's something else, but I keep thinking Lurch, but I could Lurch makes sense, but then I didn't think it was him. Twin Peaks is where I, I recognize it's, him, it's the movies from the '90s. He's Lurch in those, and then also he's the giant in Twin Peaks. It is happening yep. again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, other than that, I I haven't really done. I played some Magic the Gathering. I started a it locally. There's a Commander League. That I started and I won the first week. Hooray! <laughs> What'd you say? So they didn't throw you out yet? No, no, these guys are cool. Give it time. <laughs> They'll yeah, see your true callers. Yeah, I didn't walk in and win on turn one with a with a four thousand dollar deck or anything yet. So I'll wait for that to playing, happen. Are you playing at a shop? Where are you playing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to a shop. I'm playing at the uh, there's an esports uh, shop in uh, Chillicothe. They also do paper magic events, uh, total gaming experience. Oh yeah, I went in there one day, but it was like a few hours or not uh, not a few hours, a few minutes before they closed. So I didn't get to do anything, and I just left. That's a really cool place. Apparently, they have a lot of other non like board card game stuff too like they do gaming tournaments and stuff there's a lot of interesting stuff in chill coffee i've come to learn but this is not interesting to our listeners unless they live in central ohio so i guess we'll move on <laughs> yep exactly move on and unless you want to meet us or, or visit us in the middle of nowhere yeah, if you yeah. want to if you want to get beaten by a four thousand dollar deck 
Ohio is the way to be. Oh, uh, that's we're past that now. I'm 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 pushing for. I don't want to talk about the price because then I feel like I'm just throwing <laughs> my dick on the table. We're we're getting close to it being a car. I just I'll leave it at that. Oh Jesus but, fucking Christ! Yeah. Uh, yeah, cards are cardboard crack is expensive. <laughs> Other than that, anything else? Nah, that's that's all I got. All right, and it's it's time to get into Star Trek Insurrection. And his erection. Do your your boobs feel more? Are they firming up? (laughs) (laughs) Um. So this is a movie. Um, Hey, real quick, Dubs. Not to to step all over what you were going to say. I pulled up the IMDb just because I like to have the actors in front of me when we're discussing it. Uh, The very top goof. Troy comments that she has never kissed Riker with a beard before. Yet Troy had kissed the bearded Riker in Menage Troy, 1990, as well as in several other occasions on Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, So, it's bullshit. They bamboozled us. They're usually good with that stuff. Anyway, um, I want to say this about Insurrection. Uh, There is a lot of goofy scenes in this movie, uh, but it it gets saved at certain points. Uh, The villain uh, in this it, would you say it's better than Sauron's, Sauron's uh, villain in Generations? The one with the pulled back fucking skin? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think he's better. Uh, so the the movie starts off, they're on this planet. Um, it looks like they're doing like a prime directive kind of thing. And Data's going fucking crazy. <laughs> he's like running through the village. They're all wearing like cloaked... Um, fucking hazmat suits and they're cha- all wearing active camo from metal gear solid yes and they're chasing uh data around they're pushing people over they're invisible people are getting thrown into the small little ponds and stuff and everybody in the town are like what the fuck is going on until they see the uh the, i just had it before the floating data head uh because the helmet comes off and he he shoots at the structure that is hidden into the mountains and they're spying on these people. Now, I have a question about this because even they bring it up uh with one of the leaders like, "Oh, you're you're spying on us because of the prime directive." Was Starfleet doing this where they're planting structures on planets to watch people? Yeah, there's an episode of next generation where they do this shit. That's like it's almost the same story, which is really frustrating. They have they have like, as they call it, a duck blind. They have like a hidden watch post in a mountainside, and it's cloaked to look like a rock face. Oh they yeah, do this in an episode of Next Generation. That's oh, that's the episode where they praise Picard, right? Yes, yeah. I think so. They like say Picard is the god and stuff. Um, so <laughs> you have this thing going on, but like you're introduced to those people uh, before that have like the stretch faces and stuff and like right off the bat like it's very predictable like who the fuck are these people why are they working with starfleet and why is data going crazy data does malfunction but never enough to like actually harm people so you kind of like what the fuck is going on and then it transitions into you know 
on the deck with these munchkin aliens that have like a ritual of putting beads on top of Picard's head <laughs> and stuff. I hate to say it, but I like that part. I like when they're on the ship and they're like, oh, we got to do all this other shit. We got to put out brush fires for the, the Federation. You know, they're, they're really busy. And there's an interesting aside where um, they say oh, they want you to settle at a border dispute on such and such. And Picard's like, well, we don't have time to do this shit. And they say the diplomatic corps is busy with the Dominion, which dates this. This is just after the Dominion War in DS9. It's just interesting. I like that at least they're acknowledging Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they say, uh, oh, Worf is coming back from DS9. And I, I like how they like abbreviate it. They don't be like, oh, he's from Deep Space Nine. He's like, no, he's from DS9. <laughs> um. What do you guys think of the formal wear of Starfleet when they're having like their little dinner get together? It's well designed, I think. I like it. Yeah, that that's one thing that I like about everything with Star Trek. The uniforms are done awesome. I I love everything about Star Trek uniform. I I still think Next Generation is kind of lame uh, with the TV show, but the movies are they they upgraded. You don't like the pajamas? Yeah, <laughs> I don't like it. Pajamas. <laughs> I will say I did know something that I can appreciate more now. You guys had commented before about the lighting problem with the movies versus the the show, mm-hmm. and yeah, that that now hits home. It I, I totally get that now. Like I mean, again, it's a movie. It's the quality of TV show versus movie, uh, so I get it. But then there's also something about it that takes away a certain luster. But uh, it's like if they could wear not pajamas, but but also keep the the dim lighting. I'd be okay with that. And boy, oh boy. I mean, I know we see Star Trek now with Picard and stuff and how like Patrick Stewart's like, oh, I'm Picard and all that stuff. And he's like gingerly walking on the set. Uh, You could definitely tell they aged in the movies compared to the TV show. I mean, look at Deanna Troy. She's aging big time. And she like, if you look at her in Picard, oh, She's really old, <laughs> and Riker is like even fatter uh, than what you see in, in this one. All right, settle down, jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's a plot device. There's a plot device. I don't know if you know about it. It's called time, and the passage of it causes these things. Oh, this is as I fall apart Maybe that's just them being really clever. Because at the beginning of this movie, you're like, man, look how old they're getting. Look how beat up they are. And then when they get down to the actual planet. Everyone starts feeling younger, and they're all running around firing purple space bazookas and stuff. Mm. It's purple space bazookas. Purple space bazooka right there. Except, except for LeVar Burton. He just looks younger and younger and younger and younger. Yeah, he, don't crack, brother. We yeah. all know that. That's true. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, he, he looks younger now than he did he does in the movie. And he was on the planet. Maybe it just it continued to carry on. The visor aged him. When he took the visor off. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, question to you guys. Visor or no visor for him? I love the visor. I mean, it's, it's a visor. It's fucking cool. Yeah. yeah. I, the visor looks cooler, and it's more iconic. It's, think, exactly. It's it's iconic to his character. Do you I, think, mean, I, I even knew what that was before I even watched Star Trek. Do you think LeVar Burton was like, I'm not fucking wearing that thing? <laughs> yeah. I think LeVar Burton was like, I don't want to wear that visor anymore. And they're just like, okay. Yeah. That, gonna... Actually, it may not be that. It might be the, the opposite. He might have been fine with uh, keeping it on. I will say, since we're talking about him, we'll bring it up because I remembered an inconsistency that I've already caught. We were talking before about the whole bearded kissing thing. I'm sure this has happened other times. But in the movie, there's the part where 
he gets his sight back because everything regenerates, right? And he talks about how he can see for the very first time, and it's beautiful. They have this big thing they focus on. Bullshit! The very first fucking episode of, of TNG, he gets his sight back, and he's able to see. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the first episode. I, I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a, no, no, no. I'm sorry, it's not the first episode. It's the it's the second encounter with Q. So it's like mm, the oh, seventh or eighth episode. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he literally gives him his sight back. Or he, well, uh, well, he Parker has his sight, but he doesn't see a sunrise. Well, it's true, but it's not. <laughs> it's not the sunrise specifically. He talks about the way he says it. He talks about how he he never had a chance to to see it. I, again, I'm wondering if there are other events. Like it would make sense as a plot device. He's been tempted before by getting his sight back. Mm-hmm. It seems like an easy thing to to use as a plot device. So I didn't know if there were other times where they say that, but I I could have sworn he explicitly says he's never gotten his sight back in the way he has it now, and I maybe I'm misremembering it. It might be that he he was specifically saying he never got to watch sunrise, but I thought he said he never got his, his sight. Um, but I don't know. I, I maybe going back and watching it again if I catch it, I'm wrong there. But I I remember seeing the episode uh, in season one and thinking, wait a second. He just said in that movie he's never gotten his sight. So uh, I just thought that was weird. I, I think, but hey, it's sci-fi plot holes. That happens. I, I think what it comes down to is TV writers and movie writers are two different uh, things. And they they probably like skimmed through uh, the series and are just like, hey, why don't we just put this in the movie? It would be pretty cool, right? <laughs> Him seeing this yeah, there, well, so there are two types of people in this world. There are people that have money and nerds. So all the nerds are catching all of the all of the inconsistencies, and the wealthy people are the ones writing it, and they're like, "Ah, oh, we're still rich, so who cares?" And plus, I think they were trying there to casualize the Star Trek movies to the casual audience because remember, like you always have your hardcore fans, but then you're also going to want to cater to a larger audience as well. And how do you do that with a movie? Like, oh, put some funny in it, put some sci-fi, uh, and then boom, blammo. That's what the, that's what the beats were for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Picard speeds, yeah. Yeah, this was funny, by the way. This scene where he's like, "I got, I have something to tell you," and Picard's like, "Uh, you know what? Uh, I gotta go," and he like bounces because of. Oh yeah, he blew him off, and he never comes back to that. Yeah. I, does that? I'm just curious. Does that ever even come up ever again in like TV series, movies, anything? I think I recall. I think this alien species is always giving their opinion, like the professional opinion. Uh, and Picard was never like ever cared about it. He's like, I, I, I don't care what you think. I Starfleet procedures. You better do it. <laughs> Shut up, nerd. Touch grass. And yeah. Just bounce. I, just yeah. Throw, I, I want to throw this out there real quick because you're talking about who wrote this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Screenplay was by Michael Pillar, and story was by Rick Berman and Michael Pillar, and both these guys just worked on the show as well. Oh. That, so, so, so there goes my theory. What is it with Rick's? <laughs> I don't know. Ah, oh, jeez. Oh man. Oh, jeez, Rick. Uh, <laughs> so this admiral uh, is working um, with those stretch face people. Uh, those boat. Bo- I'm gonna call them Botox aliens because they're trying to like fucking fix their face and shit. Um, but right off the bat, just like how this guy looks, he's he's fucking evil. Like even though like at the end, like he's like, oh shit, I made a fucking great mistake. Uh, he just looks like trouble, <laughs> like like he's meddling around and shit. He looks like the guy that would take the fall for like an evil corporation mm-hmm. if 
if they like, get caught in some huge like embezzlement scam, he he's like the CFO that has to go to prison. Yeah, he's the the patsy. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he looks like. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, this is the weird part, by the way, because like he's all this guy is like all like, oh yeah, stretch my face. You want to be uh, sh- you want your fa- you want to get a facial by these ladies, and they look ugly too. <laughs> Um, but anyway, like, Andy, do, do you have things you want to bring up about this movie? Um, I don't know, nothing specifically. the The worst thing about this movie is that it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's it really is just kind of <laughs> like a good two parter. It's kind of it's got some cool stuff. It's got some stuff I don't like. It's got some inconsistencies. Um, they characterized a lot of the crew a whole lot better in this movie. Like Picard seems a little bit more like Picard should be, and it's everyone else's. You know, everyone gets some stuff to do. I, I don't know. That's just I, I've always kind of thought this movie was underwhelming. Hmm. I mean, I I wouldn't say this this film. Um, I mean, coming off of First Contact, which was really good. And then, like, getting this, it's kind of like they took 10 steps back a little bit. Because um, Generations was kind of like riding the fence. of like, oh, we got Kirk. And we got Picard. That's cool, right? And then First Contact was like, hell yeah, that's fucking cool. And then Insurrection's kind of like, yeah, but let's try to go back a little bit. Let's do Generations, but instead of having Kirk and stuff and some lame villain, let's do something where data is corrupted and you know you have this planet and there's like a a a a plot that's happening where they're gonna steal (laughs) they're gonna steal the fucking village and put them on a different planet while they do whatever on that planet which i still don't understand the motive of the villain in this what was his main they want that they want that sweet sweet planet radiation so that they don't age or whatever yeah degenerating or something Mm -hmm. yeah I swear, I like, I don't, I missed, like, it's either I missed it or they just didn't explain it until way later, like, what the deal was with those guys. Yeah, like, wait, you guys really? I, I feel like I'm I'm off here. Yeah, so it was, I, f- I feel like the whole thing was a lie. Like, they, they want the radiation, uh, but in reality, it was more than just that. Like, they wanted the radiation stuff because they're dying and they needed it, but, but also... They were getting revenge because they were exiled children of the people that were living there, and they wanted their revenge on the family, or at least the the main like leader. It's like the whole point of the guy turning on him at the end and allowing Picard to save everybody because he decided, well, I don't want to kill everyone I love and kill my mother and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like yeah. I don't know. Usually, the, you know pretty quick like what the deal is with the bad guy. <clears throat> And this stuff, and I was just like, these guys with the fucked up faces, and they didn't really yeah. tell like three quarters of the movie was over. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they totally did, and they made it seem very simple, like, oh, well, okay, these guys might have something kind of shifty. I mean, their skin's not on their face; that's never a trustworthy sign. There's and then, a yeah, quick... they seem like there's a greedy thing, but then there's subtle little things that are there, and then at the end, they're like, oh, by the way, vengeance story. There's a blink and you'll miss an explanation about, oh, these guys are from somewhere and they did something and they they 
subjugated two other races and made them a working class, and they have been manufacturing or been accused of manufacturing, what's it called, like Ketimer White or something, which Mm -hmm. is kind of the wrong reference to make because in Deep Space Nine, that's a narcotic that the Dominion gives its soldiers. Its soldiers are all like super soldier predator assholes, and they give them this, this... drug and it's there's like a big revelation in one of the episodes that like oh my god this isn't a serum that makes them super soldiers they've got them hooked on this narcotic and that way they can keep them as as reliable soldiers they they just keep them hooked on this space heroin forever so it doesn't make sense because why are they manufacturing a drug from the gamma quadrant but whatever And, and they also say um some of their spaceships have subspace weapons or something and and then that 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 comes back yeah like i saw that but it it didn't really connect i guess i might have looked i might have just looked away at the wrong second yeah (laughs) i think the writing could have been better on like the motive of the aliens but they kind of like patch it up a little bit where you know they these two people here like there's a conversation with picard and them and you're like, oh, we're a hundred and something or three hundred years old or whatever. Uh and I like the part where he's like the kid's like, Oh, you must be seventy five years old. He's like, No, I'm fucking twelve, douche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um so like you have like not consistent ages going on here, and then you have the stretch people, like apparently the mother was still young on this planet and uh you know, uh, the one that like helps Picard when on the ship, like mm-hmm. reunites yeah, reunites with like his a, mother. Yeah, it's like the guy's number one, basically. It's yeah, like second in command. Yeah. So it, it, I, I believe like the villain probably strung along all these people uh, with hate and be like, "Look, look, your parents and your family abandoned you, and they're all nice looking. <laughs> We're all fucking ugly. Uh, let's go ruin it." And like the guy's like, "I don't want to kill people." <laughs> like. He's like, I, I miss my mommy. <laughs> and then, like, Picard. So, they, they like, kind of explain that. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But mm. they, they kind of explain initially, right, they're, they're actually planning on putting everybody on, you know, the, the spaceship that looks like they were going to drug them, put them on the spaceship that had the, the holodeck that looked like their, uh, their home, and then take them away. And and that was kind of like the the controversy at first. It was like, oh, well, we don't want to leave. And then you know, of course, you find out, oh, well, no wonder you don't want to leave. You have this aging thing. This is why they want you to leave. And then you find out afterwards that that's kind of motivation for the exiles, right? Because it's not just that they want to actually harm anybody. They really do need to get back because they're dying. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they know that they get back to this, they won't die. But then it turns out that the leader actually has different plans all along anyway. Like he never had any intention of just getting the, the power for himself and and making sure they, they they still live. He wanted to actually kill everyone else for exiling him, but also get the power too. So I can see how he, he, he could manipulate that and use that as a reason to get others to back him. But once they realize he's gone too far and they're gonna kill them, mm. you know, they're it's gonna be a lot easier for them to turn because they don't want to kill their own families. Yeah. Do you, yeah, I, I, that's the way I interpreted it anyway. I got a question for you guys. Do you think uh, the head... I don't even know the fucking guy's name. But the head honcho guy that's with the Admiral from Starfleet the whole time. 
Um, Ruffalo? Ruffalo? Mark Ruffalo? No. Mark Ruffalo? But, like, do you think his whole intention from the start was to harm those people? Because I feel like how it was built up, he's like, oh, you know, we're going to take these people off the planet. It's going to be part of our plan and all that stuff. And then, like, Picard was, like, becoming a fucking annoyance. He's like, Tell tell Picard to fucking get off the planet so we could do this. And Admiral's like, I'm, I'm gonna go talk to him. And like, he gradually got upset. He's like, just fucking you, fucking Starfleet people are just fucking bothering my plan and shit. And like, I think it it tipped over. He's like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm gonna do my plan and I'm gonna kill them. Like, what what do you guys think? Do you do you think his motive was always to kill? No. Um, I did. I, I thought that would be so much work to go through for that. Yeah, I I kind of thought that his motive was going to be to kill them, but that's like, and I, and I feel like that's actually one of the flaws in the movie is that they it just suddenly shifts so quickly into what the motives are, and then it leaves that so open, and that's not a good thing here. It'd be very easy, like you need a very clear motivation, and you don't really have it, and kind of jumps around, and then oh, at the very end, it's like a last minute. Oh, by the way revenge is the fuel for all this it's like well no like it almost is better if they didn't have that and they actually were trying to find a way to save them but they weren't allowed like what if what if you made it more complicated and the families that exiled them like there was a like another reason for them to being exiled and it was this tragic thing and but they were very harsh with their laws and said no they can't come back and then it was this dilemma of when well, you have this pe- this race of people that are dying or a group of people that are dying and you know they can't find a way to coexist, so then they're just stuck in the middle of this war between two two groups of people. Like that would be much more interesting than just oh by the way, long ago I, you kicked me off the planet and now I'm mad at you. Um, but we're not going to tell you that to the very end when it matters. I don't know. I, that was one thing I didn't like about the the film. It, mm-hmm. it was a bit of a gripe. I I think he didn't want to kill him for two reasons. One, it's just so much work. This is this whole thing with the hollow ship. It's got 14 teleporters, and he's got the Federation involved, and he's got all these other ships. Too much work. It's too much nonsense, too much red tape. He could just, you know, find find some other way to do it. And the other thing is, uh, I think he knows that ultimately to remove them from the planet is a more sinister way to get his revenge anyway, because then they will all deteriorate just as they have, and, like, you know, their faces will start falling off, and they'll get they'll start getting old and, and all shitty. Mm-hmm. that's fair yeah i can see that 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 actually that actually sticks i i don't know if the first point six as much only because i think he'd have to go through a lot of the hoops anyway because you know if they had already set up a camp there that had nothing to do with with that group of people and the federation's already watching uh this planet or this this sector like there's a there's a potential that they aren't able to get to the planet anyway because the federation could protect them uh, you know, or, you know, pre- prevent that, so to speak. So I don't know. I, I kind of thought that, that that might be the reason why uh, he might still have to go through the same hoops anyway. Otherwise, he's then at war with the Federation, or the Federation is going to stop him to prevent them from destroying a, a race of people or something. But, um, and there was also the whole exchange. That was the whole reason the Admiral was on board, is because they were going to get um, access to to uh was it subspace weapons or something or there was like the threat of them going to to someone else i don't i can't remember right off but um 
I don't know. I, I just thought it, that was a little that seemed a little put together toward the end though because they just try to shift things. But I, I get what you're saying though. That that would make more sense that if they had to live out the rest of their days knowing that that they were the ones that took it from them and took yeah. their their immortality. I, that that's, that's actually a good thought. I do I do have a bit of a, a confession about this movie though. When I was watching it earlier, I just straight up fell asleep during the the climax of this movie. Like. <laughs> Like it's like, oh, we're gonna barely save all these people, and 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 uh, what's gonna happen to Picard? And is he gonna have to teleport over? And all the Enterprises back? I just fell asleep. I woke up later. And I was like, oh shit, I gotta watch the end of that movie, and like put it back on and watched the end. Like I did watch the whole movie in preparation for the podcast, which is you know I do every week. But I just fell asleep. Like it couldn't even it couldn't even keep me awake. And I'm not saying it wasn't exciting. It was kind of exciting, but. Eh. Also, um, this is apropos of nothing. That set that uh, uh, Picard and and Ruffalo ru- that Ruff- Ruffles potato chips they have that big fight on the satellite, the dispenser or whatever it's called. Doesn't it seem like the background was supposed to be blue screened out? It seemed to me like it was a set, and they were supposed to put like space in the background. This? and like the digit, yeah, that stuff. And it, like the digital artists were like, "No, this is too hard. Fuck it." And they just like left it blue. <laughs> That's Maybe. what I. Th- it looks like it looks like a movie set. It looks like just a big blue background, and they were supposed to like, you know, color select, add space, but uh, <laughs> and they just didn't do it, and they just Whoops. didn't. Like maybe it was too hard because it had all the like rails going across. This movie seems like it has less of a budget than the previous one. I mean, I think I think uh, First Contact looks twice as good as this movie does. Yeah, I could tell. I thought some of the CGI work looked a little sus in a couple areas. Yeah, like when it's when the stupid dispensers going out and the stupid little the the. Um, I don't know. The fins are coming out. It looks like something off of like a sci-fi original mm. on television to me. Um, it looks like something yeah. next gen from the first two or three seasons. Yeah. Oh. Look at this cougar. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> I feel like this whole time they built this shit up and I'm like, they just, it feels weird that they never made out. I don't know. <laughs> I just thought that was odd. So Picard has always had a thing in the TV show where he can't fall in love. Uh, and they even this one, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which, by the way, uh, when he dances to Latin music, <laughs> I, I laugh because it was like stupid. <laughs> he's like, uh, computer Latin music, and he's like dancing because he's in like love and all that stuff. Uh, Didn't he have? It wasn't like an affair, but there was an episode where like he got like they force him to take a vacation. Yeah, and he goes to Riza, and he's like pissed off. And then he meets like Lady Indiana Jones, and they go on an adventure or something. Yeah. So did I, did I dream that? No, 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 that's real because okay, because Riker because then she's like, I love archaeology too, and he's like, I love archaeology, and then they go on an adventure, and at the end, it's like, oh, they love each other, how cute, and then the credits roll. Yeah. Uh, quick mention of that episode. Uh, Picard was like on edge all the time on the bridge, so Riker's like, why don't you go on a vacation? And Picard's like, I don't take vacation. And he's like, Riker, like, kind of like orders him, even though he's like not a captain. He's like, I ordered you to take a vacation, and he does. Yeah, I think he gets, I think he gets Crusher to like command him to do it because the Doctor can supersede the the captain's orders if it's a matter of health or something like that. Mm-hmm. Huh. 
so he gives him this statue, right? Uh, he's like, here, here's the statue, and like Picard doesn't know what it is. So he's like sitting by like the pool or whatever, and he puts the uh, <laughs> the little statue, and that apparently tells like all the women that you you want to have sex. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's a they get a rise in an episode of Deep Space Nine, and they do they do that same gag again with Quark. But yeah, it just means like I'm down to fuck. Come get me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it, pretty great. It's a good episode. Yeah. Um, I, I really like in er, like earlier episodes that I've seen. Anytime he's put in a situation where, like, there's, like, a potential for him to get uh, intimate with someone or he gets seductive or something, he always does this really, like, hammy overacting, oh, no, I, I can't, I can't. And he goes, like, <laughs> I don't know, I really think it's really funny how he gets, he gets like, in this weird, like, mode of, oh, this is way too stressful, you're about to try to have sex with me, I can't do this. And he moves on and, like, finds something else to do, I have to focus I always like in the back of my mind I always thought Picard actually did love or at least like Deanna Troy's mom because like there was one part where he would uh, they're about to beam her out and like Picard is like thinking something sexual about her he's like Picard and like she gets uh, mm -hmm. teleported away like I always thought like fanfic uh that he liked her uh and, and yeah that that, that happened I, I don't, the, no no no, no. I, think, I think you're misinterpreting that whole scene i think it's um well i i don't know what you said makes a lot of sense too but i think it's more like he's looking at her so he's thinking about her and she's about to leave and he's excited he's like finally i'm gonna get the shrew off my ship <laughs> so he's excited and she misinterprets that as excitement for her or something like that. I don't know. That that's how I interpret it. <laughs> oh, I thought she was just straight trolling him. I thought she was just being a, a cunt and she was yeah, just I, like, yeah. like she was just like, ah, oh, Captain McCard, keep such nasty thoughts to yourself. And then I, I she think gets, that's what it is mostly. And then she gets beamed away because then that's also in the moment when uh Lurch or whatever he says his oh, line man. and everyone's like thrown off. And then Troy's like, Oh I'm so sorry. She was just messing with you and he's like Oh, I didn't find that amusing whatsoever. He's like really, <laughs> he's really upset about the fact that she made it seem like he was interested in her. No, yeah, it's probably bullshit because she's like self-centered. Of course, she would think that. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, this duo here, like <laughs> the whole time of like, remember that comment I made on uh, Facebook Messenger? I'm like, what is it with Picard? Like he's, as you can tell, he's like maybe slightly or maybe older than this lady right here, the actress. And then, like, everything in The Next Generation, even in Star Trek Picard, he's always falling in love with, like, these women that are so younger than him. And I, I just find it ironic that, like, in, the, in this movie, she's, like, 300 years old. So, in a sense, she's older than him. Um, he does like old things. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't like the chemistry. I, I personally thought it was, like, way too quick. Like, it, the way it was, like, two-hour movie what do you want yeah yeah everything in this movie was too rushed but that's that's the own thing yeah yes. uh then you have uh laforge <laughs> here <laughs> look at gordy's eyes yes i got my eyes back oh wait 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 <laughs> that's smirk <laughs> that's <it>. <laughs> <laughs> uh but i i like where picard like is calling out the fucking admiral's bullshit he's like he wants us to do what? Fuck that. I'm, I'm going to go search and see what was on that planet. 
Uh, and then that's where they discover like the cloaked, uh, uh, we call it village where they're like simulating the, it's like a hollow deck ship pretty yeah, much. It, it's yeah. a, it's a straight that's up. All it is. Yeah. yeah. It's literally a ship with a hollow deck and that they plan to transport. Now again, I, it does make more sense that, that, that they truly did plan on transporting them off the planet, but. Ugh. Uh, the guy they picked to play that admiral, they they picked a guy that just looked like a skeevy asshole. Yeah, straight up, it, it looks like, like a worm. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to look back because the actor looked familiar, and it looked like he was. I was trying to look back. He was. He's been in a, a handful of, of of different films, and he basically plays the same character. An asshole. Is, is this a transporter, or are they repli- Is he replicating fucking weapons here? Yes. He three D printed some weapons. Three D printed some rifles. It's the future, <laughs> man. Uh, yeah, he can do anything. It's he, got the full lower too. You don't have to do all that milling anymore. Yeah, yeah. So like this, oh, yeah. is the, this is the part where like he's like, I'm gonna go against the admiral. I'm gonna take off my uniform, and he's like, I'm gonna take these weapons. <laughs> it is funny though because he's like, I'm gonna need five rifles. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, I'm going alone. I totally saw that scene, and it, it was like the meme of. When you and your boys are about to fuck people up at laser tag, he's in his <laughs> leather jacket. He's got no weapons. <laughs> it's only the vibe that I got from that. Um. Then you know the whole crew comes down, and uh, you know Klingon. Uh, well, Klingon fucking warp is always ready for a fucking fight. Uh, Klingon, yeah. Jeez, <laughs> warp. <laughs> then the barbarian comes down, and he and the rogue are like, "Okay, we'll go with you." <laughs> Uh, Crusha was kind of, like she was in scenes, but like it was kind of like she was an NPC in a way. I I don't know how to describe it. Like she did her duty, like oh I gotta help these people, and then there were some shots where she's like shooting at the the drones and shut uh, stuff. Like nothing big. Where I'm like oh I always like Crusher on in the show. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't I know. Like yeah, I hate to tell you this, Dubs might be like a bit of a like brain melt situation but when you're watching a film they're all in pcs whoa whoa oh shit i whoa. just yeah i that that's my face right now with data uh <laughs> <laughs> <Whoa. laughs> <laughs> but uh picard is like trying to tell them you're not coming with me and they're like you're not wearing a uniform you can't order <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, which doesn't make any sense. That's not how that works. Yeah, you take your uniform off, you lose all your authority. It's it's off. rebellion. He's he's wearing the leather jacket of rebellion. Yeah, see, yeah. the blue leather jacket. That leather jacket is a symbol of his individuality and his belief in personal freedom. Yeah. No he's, one, no one's seen Wild at Heart. All right, fine, forget it. I guess I've seen Wild at Heart. I just don't remember that fucking. Yeah. He's wearing the, a women's eighties jacket. Look at those fucking shoulder pads. I, I hate all the clothes. The the Federation uniforms are awesome, but I hate everything else that everyone wears in this movie. It's all like brown tunic, beige tunic. Well, colors. Else. Well, colors make people think of technology or or something. I don't. Know. Yeah, I, there's a, there's a joke in the blanket review. Earth tones, people, browns and beige, and mother of pearl. Earth tones, <laughs> something like that. What is LaForge looking at, by the way? Is he looking at Riker's dick or uh... the, script. the script's over there? Is that the, the script? Did someone drop the script yeah. over there? Did <laughs> Data drop the script? 
Uh, but anyway, uh, LaForge and Riker still have to be on the ship because someone has to run the Enterprise. They all just can't leave the fucking Enterprise <laughs> and and do stuff. Um, then you get like some background story. Like this is the guy that we were talking about before. Where he's just like Ruffles. Ruffles. Oh, well, that's not Ruffles. Ruffles. That's the uh, oh, that's the other guy. Yeah, yeah. The guy who got yeah, he has a much smoother stretch face than Ruffalo. Um, we'll call him uh, Gelatin. We got Ruffles and Gelatin. <laughs> Ruffles and Gel- Ru- or Jello. Jello. We'll just make it easier. Ruffles and Jello. Why I love can- eating those together. Why can't they have like Deep Space Nine villains like Garrick and shit? <laughs> and Dul- Garrick's too cool for this shit. And Ducat. That's what they should have done. Like, of course, I think this because I'm a huge fan of Deep Space Nine, but they should have just incorporated a bunch of Deep Space Nine stuff. They should have no, just had some Dominion bad guys. There should have been like some actual Jim Hadar or something in this movie. Nah, you need like stretchy face people with like weird aliens that stretch their face out because I don't know their faces fall <laughs> off. Dude, I'm like getting with all these fucking pauses. What is it? <laughs> Dana looks like he's like high out of his ass right now. He's like, Ugh. Red Spiner probably was high out of his mind. Probably. Yeah. I mean, that looks like a man who's about to shit his pants, who's oh. really trying to hold on to every thread. <laughs> I want to bring this up. Uh, I know this is backtracking a little bit, but like when Data's still kind of corrupt and he's like taking the the shuttle onto the planet, and they like magnetize under him Worf and uh, Picard, and like the, <laughs> the the song, yeah, and the only thing to stop HMS Pinafore, yeah, and they like have a karaoke machine on the fucking monitor so that Worf knows the fucking lines. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is silly, but like I still love it because Worf is fucking singing. <laughs> I don't remember the the name of the composers, but he like, says the names, and he's like, uh, I don't know those commanders. Gilbert and he's like, uh, they're a composer. Gilbert <laughs> Sullivan, a British tar. Yeah. yeah. A British tar is a soaring soul. Come on. <laughs> so, the, the crew... energetic this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, the crew comes down, and like they're setting up these uh, so that they uh, the villagers can't be uh, transported. Uh, somehow is like disruptor. It's a jam kind of thing. And right off the bat, the enemy's fucking smart because they have a Starfleet fucking admiral. You're just like they're shooting all the fucking uh, the beacons and shit to stop that. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's kind of a waste of time because none of that helped them in in any situation. Probably when they went to the mountains area where it was like spread out a little bit is where they had a hard time. But even when they got to the mountains. They had those drones that were like shooting darts at people and fucking transporting oh, them. Darts. Yeah. The fuck is that? <laughs> like, you know what they needed though? They needed like a cloaking device to cloak their teleport inhibitors. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, what's the point? I don't know. Oh, I, I want to bring something up since we are jumping around everywhere. I love that the way to sell that the people in the village have like. Superior mindfulness and control of their bodies is through the children playing like ridiculous levels of hacky sack. <laughs> yeah, like they're they're like like there's like a scene in the background where you're watching them and they are beating the shit out of some hacky sacks. There's like ten of them motherfuckers in yeah, the air. <laughs> Troy's like they have amazing mental dexterity. It's like no, that's a computer. They're going in a circle. Uh, it, like it's like they're doing like a dance routine while they're doing it. Well, they don't have Nintendos. What the fuck are they supposed to do? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but if, they're, if they have that much control, then they need to put their shit together, build something. But then again, they talk about the whole technology thing. 
This is like if if uh, Data became a human and then decided, you know what, I want to be a hippie. And he had all the technology, but he's like, nah, I'm just I'm just gonna eat these plants. Nah, man, you just need a stick ball. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. You don't need any ball. fucking video game shit or anything. Oh, and we we didn't mention. Uh, what- uh, when Picard came down and started talking to these people, like th- he was like talking to them like they were stupid. Like, oh, we're we have warp technology, and you're just like, dude, we know what you're talking about. We just choose not to do it anymore. And well, that like, sounds stupid. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's the part though that like they'd already like fucked up, and like, well, the prime directive's just gone anyway. But then I, I guess that's a question in, within the lore of that. If they get into a situation similar to this, where they come to a planet. And I guess they end up meeting, and they're trying not to interfere with customs, but they turn out to find out, oh, they're actually more advanced. They're just choosing not to use those things. Then do they just break kayfabe, basically? And just like, oh, fuck fuck the Prime Directive. Like, there's nothing to protect. You guys are advanced. It depends, because on Star Trek Strange New Worlds, the new uh, show with uh, Captain Pike, they actually introduce Mm -hmm. the Prime Directive happening because of what Pike does on one planet. Where he shows up and he's like, hey, we're more technological advanced than you guys. Uh, You could either like blow each other up or join Starfleet. And then then he just leaves. Excuse me? (laughs) Yeah. Because there was was a civil war happening. uh, Oh, he's saying you can continue to blow each other up. Yeah, yeah. Or you can get smart and join Starfleet. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. And then like... (laughs) What are you talking about? And start- like, I thought you meant he came across a peaceful planet. <laughs> hey, you guys kill, kill, kill yourselves or join Starfleet, motherfuckers. No, that's- <laughs> you're, you're either with us or you are with the terrorists. <laughs> no, there, there is no God. Die or join us. No. You're not with me. You're my enemy. There's only one captain that uh, puts harm into some people by putting toxin into the atmosphere, and that's Captain Cisco. Um, for Deep Space Nine, uh, which again I highly recommend watching that. But anyway, Prime Directive, uh, yeah, he tells them like you could either continue fighting or join Starfleet. And Starfleet's like, hey man, we just can't go to every planet giving them warp technology. They have to do it on their own. So stop doing that. Uh, but like they're very strict. Like if they do show themselves, they have to wipe everybody's memory pretty much. Gotcha. Um, that's something they can do. Yeah, they they did okay. it on Star Trek Discovery, and they also did it in Voyager. Is wiping everybody's memory like a pain in the ass or something? No, I mean, there's technology. It's kind of like Men in Black a little bit, just without. I know. The... Who cares? Just fucking do whatever you want, and then wipe everybody's memory. Then yeah, they go fuck about that in TNG. They're just like, <laughs> no, we're, we're gonna fucking break the Prime Directive. Uh, sorry. And they just leave at one episode. They just like get Wesley Crusher back. I don't know. They should let him die, but whatever. Yeah, they should have left his ass. <laughs> pain in the ass. Uh, but anyway, like Data and this kid like grow a relationship. Like in the beginning, he was scared because he never saw like a robot before or an android. So he's like, Anakin? yes, Anakin Skywalker. Um, he doesn't like sand its course. Um, but anyway, that's not, that's not Anakin. That's that guy grows up and becomes the guy that gets turned down in the Twilight movies, and not and not the werewolf, just like the human that like tried to hit on the girl that was not 
really that cute anyway. That's John Connor. He's teaching uh, his robot friend how to live life and have fun. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how it came across to me when when this happened. Like, well, Judgment Day kind of happened, so I I could totally see them writing that into this. It does actually have a lot of vibes of uh, of T two, where he's trying to teach uh, Arnold's um, uh, robot. Terminator, like, hey, this this is how we live, and you experience things. You have to enjoy it. <laughs> uh, Worf has a big <laughs> wart, a Klingon wart. Uh, <laughs> so that happens. Oh, yeah, uh, had a weird name. It was like really aggressive. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. He's a Klingon. The whole <laughs> language is aggressive. Yeah, everything's aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Explain this part to me, guys. No, I can't. It makes no sense. She just like slows everything down, and Picard's like, "How are you doing this?" And she's like, "Shh, don't worry about it." And they never come and, back and to ev- it. And everyone watching the movie is like, "I'm worried about it. What the fuck just happened?" And then it kind of <laughs> happens again in the cave after the the cave in. Mm-hmm. Never explained. I think the whole point of it is that she briefly talks to him about how they've spent enough time there that they figured out how like they've figured out the secret to. Why space and time, like how they can be warped and manipulated because you can think past time or beyond time or whatever nonsense. And what it really comes down to is that radiation is also probably a mild hallucinogen. And they wanted everyone to experience the drugs. Um, yeah, that's what I'm taking that as. I mean, no wonder he's finally in love. Like, he, he's literally getting high off of being with this woman in the planet. Mm. Would you guys think of the scene where Data uh, walks up to Deanna Troy and fucking Crush and they're talking about tits and then he's like, he goes up to Warp and he's like, have your breast filled into your shirt or whatever. Something li- <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, he, he has his breast firmer <laughs> because of the puberty thing. <laughs> uh, um, we call it, uh, this was a pretty cool scene where the, uh, stretch face people are like chasing after the enterprise and like Riker takes the gases from whatever this cloud thing is and like vaporizes <laughs> the fucking, uh, ships. I was like, that was pretty cool. I liked it. Uh, it just shows that Riker is a good captain in my, uh, in my opinion, as far as combat wise. He makes the Enterprise crop dust, the motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you put it that way. That's, uh, yep, that's what he did. So after when all the drones were, like, chasing after them, they go into this cave, and, like, they're like, oh, we need to get out of here because they're just fucking bombing the, the fucking mountains and shit. Uh, and then they find a little passageway, and then all of a sudden, because the kid forgot his little frog thingy. Uh, what is that? It's like a little fur frog or something. Yeah. So chipmunks from uh, Crystal Skull. <laughs> yeah. So the cougar lady. I'm gonna call her cougar lady. Um, she has a name. I I don't know her name. Uh, Annie. Annie. <laughs> John Murphy. We're just gonna go with cougar lady. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cougar lady goes back to you know find John Connor kid. Uh, he's like, what are you doing? And like tries to run away. I knew right off the bat when the kid, even even though I saw this movie already, it's still telegraphed uh, that the kid comes out first, and then all of a sudden the rocks start falling down. Uh, And then there's two uh, life signals. One is lower than the other, and that's because she got hit with all the rocks. 
Uh, she didn't look that fucked up. She just looked a little dirty. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't even have like a like a cut. Like Picard's got a cut on the side of his bald head for the rest of the movie. She looks fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Picard gets taken because he was uh she was darted the cougar lady, uh, and mm-hmm. he and he he grabs her and now they're on the ship, and then the admiral's like, "What are you doing, Picard? You fucking idiot!" And this guy's like, R- Ruffles is like. Bitch, I don't care about Starfleet anymore. Fuck y'all, bitches. And he walks out, and he's like, "I'm gonna kill everyone now." That's the, this part to me is the turning point, where he's just like, "I'm fed up with everybody." <laughs> Picard, you're just becoming a fucking nuisance. Uh, and then that's when his crew starts turning on him. Uh, and then obviously, <laughs> like Andy said, you had that stupid blue screen area. Where they pro- <laughs> I didn't like the ending part because, like, I don't know what Picard's doing besides, like, switching out vials. They look like vials and stuff that he's messing around with. And then he, oh, like... It's just- all just, like, plexiglass. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he, like, shoots the the thing that makes an explosion and he falls off. And that's the end. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Uh... It ended like a a next generation show. It didn't end like a movie, in my opinion. Did y'all get that vibes, or is it, am I yeah. just looking into it? I, I already told you my one of my biggest criticisms of this movie just kind of feels like a ho hum episode of the show. Some people say, "Oh, it's like a just a really good two parter." I just think it's an okay two parter. Like the movie's got some high points, but overall, I just I think it's underwhelming. It's just kind of a yeah. meh. It, it it felt fun to watch, but I I totally agree. This kind of has the same vibe as the um as generations. It doesn't feel like a movie. I like this part where like <laughs> they like warp is like oh they're doing a ceasefire, but it's probably because we have three minutes left to live. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good reason. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I do I do like the line. Uh, the ship has thirty Baku on it and one Klingon or something like that. <laughs> <It's stupid. laughs> And uh wait, did he kiss her? Did did that happen? No. No, no yeah. they just talked very closely. Oh god. Yeah. There's I, a I keep li- getting I keep getting the feeling that uh he he actually doesn't ever become intimate with anyone and that he actually reproduces through budding off of his hands. There's a cut scene in which they kiss, but it just deleted in this version, yeah. It's deleted. It yeah. just bothers me. I wonder I don't know that. why I didn't kiss her. She's hot. Yeah, yeah, I'd kiss her. I'd lay on. I'd lay on her. <laughs> yeah, uh, you go the, the full warp. What is he? Trans? <laughs> Trans people want love too. <laughs> that's, 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 really that's what you're I trying mean, to say. He, he went through a phase. It's when he put the leather jacket on, and then he decided, you know what? I'm fine being cisgender. You know what? Buck Self doesn't want anything to do with this anymore. So Buck Self is going to leave. Oh. I want to bring this up to Chaz uh, because he's watching The Next Generation. So you see Deanna Troy, she's wearing something different in the show, right? Compared to what you've seen mm-hmm. in the movies. Because in the movies, mm-hmm. she's wearing a uniform. There's one episode, I forgot what season it was, but there was a part where a captain comes on the ship and takes over. Oh, it's like season four or five. It's yeah. way later. Yeah, but there, there's a part where he's like, what the fuck are you wearing? You better put on a Starfleet uniform. 
and like it's, it's a two-parter and it's one of my favorite parts of the series yeah uh, when, when that when that motherfucker comes on board because picard has to go do something and they send some replacement captain and he's like a by the book son of a bitch and he's like upset with everyone and hates Riker and wants Troy to put on a goddamn uniform and quit wearing her pajamas on the bridge and everyone hates him. But the joke is that they just write him like a real life military officer. Mm-hmm. He just behaves exactly like someone would be expected to behave if they were in present day military, which it's important to note. Uh, the Federation is not a military organization, so fair enough. But still, that's that's the gag is that he just behaves like a like just a, a drill sergeant would or something, I mean, just an actual it, officer. And, that, the, and that's that's the that's the conflict. It's, it's, it's really kind of like yeah, I mean, it's like a it's a sitcom episode type of deal because they do that a lot with like school based things, like oh the substitute teachers in, and then like the substitute teacher that comes in is like stern by the book drill sergeant type of. No, 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 none of that in this classroom. And it has yeah. it has what I think is indicative of why the writing in the show was so good. Uh, one scene that I really like, I can't remember what the exact mission is, but they need someone who's like a really great pilot. And uh, the, the the asshole officer is talking to Jordy, and he's like, you know, what are we gonna do? And Jordy's like, you need someone who can fly like a son of a bitch, someone who's a great pilot. He says, is that you? And he says, well, I might be able to do it. But the guy you want is Will Riker. And at this point, he and Riker have been butting heads for like a whole episode. Like at this point, he kicked Riker off the bridge. He said, you're confined to quarters. I don't want to fucking see you anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you're relieved of your job. Get out of here. So he has to go to Riker. And what you expect, what every other television show ever written would do is they would have like a stupid come to Jesus moment. He'd be like, well, I respect you and I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. No, the officer goes in there. He's like, I think you're a lousy officer. You suck. I hate you and you hate me, but I really need you to do this. And he he comes just short of ordering him to do it. And then Riker's like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> I love that because there's no moment where they're like, you know what? I do respect you and I'm sorry. That you're never happens. Shit, but you need to do this. It's just, I hate you and I'll hate you forever. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's I hate everything you stand for. I need this. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I the writing of that show is so great. God damn it. Yeah, but uh I'm gonna I'm gonna save my opinion as far as the ranking. Um but you're gonna be surprised where I put insurrection. So I don't ha- No, no. Oh god no. <laughs> uh, uh but I don't highly recommend it. I do recommend it because in, it's still entertaining. Like, even though there, there there's some goofy shit, which, by the way, uh, just before we do recommendations, final thoughts, that purple rocket launcher was fucking... Purple space bazooka. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking sick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally popped when that happened. I was like, yes! Yeah. Purple space bazooka. <laughs> of course you did. It was purple. <laughs> <laughs> I just love, like, the enemies are on top of the mountain. Like, uh, Warp is like, Bitch. I also liked what Data was doing, like fucking combat shoulder rolls and fucking hitting people with that phaser. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Who <laughs> start doing that? Like, fucking people up, man. Yeah. But I recommended Zach. What about you? Final thoughts and uh, recommendation. Uh. Yeah. It was. It was there. <laughs> I don't really. I don't know if I really recommend it or not. I guess if you're like a huge Star Trek fan, yeah, why not? But like, as just a movie to watch or be like hey you ever see star trek no that that that's what i say <laughs> all right well andy what about you 
if you've watched all of Next Generation, go ahead and watch it. Like it's not it's not insultingly bad or anything, but I wouldn't seek it out. Like if it, if you're flipping and it's on TV, by all means watch it. It's fine. It's fine to have on, but um. Yeah, it's it's it really only serves as a little bit more of next generation if you're just really itching for a little bit more next generation after the series was over. Yeah. All right, Chaz, what about you? All right, you guys ready for the hot take? Yes. Okay, now I've cooled my jets on this because I've watched some TNG and other things, but when I fin right when I finished this film, I don't know what it was timing wise, I actually thought more of this movie than I did first contact. When mm. I finished it. Now, again, this is also context of I'm still watching these kind of blindly. I, I think I'm riding more of the high of watching it. Now, since I've watched TNG and uh, I've watched the, the, the first season and stuff, and I'm going through, I've cooled my jets on it a bit. There are some good highs in the movie, but otherwise, it's like, man, eh, it's fine. But I'd recommend it. I think it was it was like fine to watch, and especially for anyone that's a, a Star Trek fan, if they've never watched it, uh, they should give it a go. But uh, otherwise, yeah, it, it was all right. I, I no longer have that same opinion for what it's worth. But we'll, of course, we've got one more movie before we do rankings. But, oh boy, we don't. Uh, we do have one more movie. <laughs> this uh, is the best one, right? Yes, yeah, the best. The best. Yeah, of the best. buckle in, buckaroo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next movie. <laughs> yeah, next movie is Star Trek Nemesis. Uh, and Stars? you uh, no. Um, you would think <laughs> yeah. stars, stars. Uh, but it has a cool name, Star Trek Nemesis. Like you would think it's, it would be good, but we'll see. We'll save that judgment for next week. Uh, it's got a cool poster. It's got a cool name. It has the Next Generation cast. What can possibly go wrong? Everything. <laughs> Nemesis noun: the inescapable agent of someone's or something's downfall. So, do you uh, know what Nemesis means? So, I guess they like... should have named the next film Star Trek Irony, but <laughs> according oh. to how you guys are, are are giving off these these preconceived notions, I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what I think. I mean, I like it. I like it more than the others. He'll love it. That'd be, that'd be funny. You'd be like number one Nemesis. My favorite part <laughs> was when when they brought back the Sith. Yeah. I can't make those jokes anymore. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that. At this point, I, I don't know. I, I have to. I don't know where I feel at weighing the other two. I, it's almost like trying they're, to. They're totally to different. Company. I mean, the only common thing is that they're in space. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm so anti tribalism. I don't give a fuck about that. I drink Coke and Pepsi. If anybody has a problem with that, fuck you. You can go kill yourself on whatever hill you want to die on. Whoa! Yeah. I'm an RC Cola Sorry. guy. Sorry, I'm not. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, actually, RC Cola is better than both. So there it is. Yeah. You did it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, remember watch Star Trek Nemesis, then come back here and we'll yell about it. Um, anyway, let's get to some news that matter to us. Andy, you did a cryptic message. A couple. Yeah, no, this is this is less news. It started out as news, and now it has become story time and kind of a, 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 a what is it a homily assembly a story of how to not be an asshole on the internet kind of um it was uh not quite two days ago that news 
broke that uh, some jerk had a hard drive on which which had come out of a PlayStation 3 development kit. And on this hard drive was an alpha build of Metal Gear Solid V The Phantom Pain, which included cut content, presumably. Uh-huh. So it had like some stuff that we didn't get in the final commercial release of the game, maybe. He didn't have access to the stuff on the hard drive because, as he told it, when he was in college a few years ago, he cloned the hard drive because he wanted to keep the contents, and he sold the PlayStation for, people were joking and saying weed money, but he sold it. He sold the PlayStation 3. Now, the way that specifically dev kits, but also regular PlayStations work, is the information on the hard drive has to have, I think it's called an EID or something like that, and it only works with that specific console. So you have to have matching serial numbers or all that information is worthless. You have no way of reading it. So he said, I'll have the hard drive. Is there anything I can do with it? Can anyone help me? And the news started blowing up, and it was on Reddit and Twitter, and people were looking, like, is there any other way to read this information? Is there a way we can find who it was sold to? And they're asking him, like, do you have the record of the eBay sale? Can we get a hold of the guy who sold it to you? And all this other stuff. And people were, like, beating down his door, calling him a fucking idiot for selling it, because how important this information was to game preservation and also just because of how cool it would be. And that that's true, too. Like, if you have alpha builds of game or development kit or anything like that, for God's sake, back it up or give it to someone who knows what they're doing. That's that's lesson number one. Um, But unfortunately, that hadn't happened, question mark. And then the guy deleted his Reddit account and half of the comments that he had made had just, like, disappeared. Presumably because everyone was, like... Uh, Probably oh, hounding him. Could, yeah. Obviously, it was, like, Redditors were pestering him and calling him a fucking idiot. And tell him to go go die, or <laughs> Konami threatened him, or they had him secretly murdered, or <laughs> they fucking have seen him for fucking having Metal Gear Solid Five stuff. <laughs> yeah, his ass just got eaten by Pyramid Head. So the yeah. story the story was picked up by uh, calmer calmer heads, and they started saying, "Okay, look, this is everything we know. Here's all the information in one place. We're going to start the search. We're going to get back in contact with OP, the original poster." We're gonna everything's gonna work out. Okay, flash forward. That was late last night. This morning, kind of the guy who was spearheading the whole effort finally talked to the original poster, and I guess apparently the whole thing was nonsense. It was basically a lie, and it looked at first. Did you guys watch um the Did You Know Gaming video about nuclear disarmament in Metal Gear Solid Five? It came out very recently. No. no, it's it's really good. I highly recommend it. Um, it looks like, and this isn't confirmed, but it looks like Konami is kind of being uh, shitheads about because there's a way that if you uh, achieve zero nuclear weapons on a server, it triggers that cutscene. Oh, yeah, where yeah. it lo- and and data miners have found the cutscene. You can watch it on YouTube, but there's a hypothesis that if it is achieved for real, it unlocks something in the game or the community will get something else. Cause everyone's so desperate for a real conclusion to the story of Metal Gear Solid five. Cause anyone who's beat it knows like it leaves you with a phantom pain. Like, no, it would be cool if they planned it that way, but the, no, it, it leaves you wanting more. The video is extremely good. Go watch it. But it looked at first like, they were trying to drum up publicity to do something like that again with an alpha build of five that they had, like to do a part two. 
But then Did You Know Gaming said, we have no idea what the fuck's going on. We, you know, disavow this guy, even though he was one of their sources on that first video. Like he had actually like contributed information to them. So he's like a legit source for information. And, you know, someone was talking to him in private messages and he was basically like, uh, uh, please don't tell everyone my name. I was just doing this to see like what kind of a reaction it would get and all this other stuff. And the guy posted all the messages. It was like, <laughs> it was like, fuck you. Uh, uh, I, my loyalty is to my country or something like that. <laughs> and, like, posted the entire conversation and outed who the guy was and all this other stuff. But it's just, it was an interesting story that had happened. And I, I still think the lesson here is if you have anything real like that, for God's sake, contact someone. There's whole subreddits about it or contact the Video Game History Foundation or someone to back up whatever you have because we need it. And then, you know, the other half of the story is don't be a fucking asshole because he was like, I didn't think it would get this big. Yeah, of course it got that big. Oh but my people God. Want this. Bullshit, bro. Like what what happened with the abandoned thing? Uh, abandoned. Remember, like there was like rumors that it was like some Metal Gear Solid thing and people were going nuts. I hate when people do this, man. Like let's say if it was a developer that was trying to like test the waters like come on it's fucking metal gear you don't need to test the waters for metal gear just fucking release it uh but like it, it he, he's an asshole uh and i'm happy that the guy like leaked it out saying yeah this, yeah. this no it was it was pretty funny and now the guy's got got mud on his face but there's a precedent set about this stuff um someone had a very early undocumented build of starcraft recently on a disc and he didn't back it up and the disc got destroyed in like a move or something i couldn't find like what and this was like uh if it wasn't if it wasn't within the last year it was still very recently like it's still on the community's mind that we got to start preserving stuff because idiots are losing it left and right someone had an early build of starcraft and they lost it someone in seattle bought an original Xbox development kit. It just looks like a PC tower and it says Xbox on the front, has a bunch of Xbox stuff. Bought it at a yard sale, hollowed it out, and put a regular PC in it. Oh it's like, God. well, I made a PC. Isn't that hilarious? I posted it on Reddit and everyone was like, what are you doing? Why did you do that? What, what's wrong with you? And everything he had oh. taken out had been completely destroyed. It was completely oh, unusable. Oh, that hurt. <laughs> it hurt my chest. So, oh, man. So it was shout it from the rooftops. People don't under, like the guy didn't do it maliciously. He thought he was doing like a clever little fun thing. He just didn't know. Shout <laughs> it from the rooftops. If you have development hardware, if you have alpha or beta builds, make sure it's documented. And if it's not, for God's sake, back it up, please. Yeah, just back up everything. I blame, Every day we're losing more and more information left and right. I, I blame the autosave feature because. <laughs> <laughs> our generation because you don't have that old version yeah you're right yeah our our people uh our, our generation had to like for you remember the, like when you had to play a game you had to frequently save you had to be in that mindset if you don't save and something happens and the power goes out you're fucked right mm-hmm. like we don't have that anymore everything auto saves like within seconds it's like you don't have to worry about it and then people don't know that you gotta back your shit up people like this isn't different than like um there was a story of the guy that had like what was it like over 200 million dollars in bitcoin locked on uh some type of like private uh safe or something digital safe and he oh, like forgot his password yeah. yeah he forgot his password so he, he did like a live guesses. stream 
yeah, and he like went to guess so many and couldn't get like it's like really guys just back up your shit, make sure you have it. It's really easy. It sense. I just imagine the guy's like, huh, and got the original Xbox look. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> like he's starting to be like all funny and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, he posted it on like a PC subreddit. It was like, look what I did, look how cool this is. And and it was people- like Every post, all caps, just really hard reactions. What are you doing? There was a bunch of that, like on the initial post about this Metal Gear Alpha. Someone was like, "You, you have taken a comically important piece of gaming history and rendered it completely unusable, you fool," I, or something like that. Like, it was pretty funny. I could totally see him like taking apart the fucking machine and taking the hard drive. You know how like people like uh, damage it. So like you can't preserve it anymore. He just damages the fucking hard drive. <laughs> but to- I mean, the whole thing was a farce. But still, this is one more event in a long stream of of defeats that the community has suffered in in the face of game preservation. So you know, it's just it, it started out as news and it ended on. I still want to talk about this because who knows who whose ears this will reach one day. I mean, if if people are hearing this and in a vacuum, you feel like you would have done the same thing this other person would have done if you ever get to that situation. Instead of doing that, just go to a store, buy a Tide Pod. Or better yet, don't even buy it. Just eat one right there in the grocery store. Yes. You'll save us a lot of trouble. All right. Well, anyway, I'll get off my angry rants. Man, I'm really aggressive tonight. I don't know what's going on, guys. You got a little warf in you. I think so, yeah. (laughs) Everybody needs a little warf in them. Yes, non-sexual. Uh, Zach, uh, <laughs> uh, what news do you have? Uh, sexual news. Okay, cool. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, there's uh, this is what, another Konami-related shit. There's been a bunch of like rumors that have been perpetuating about oh they're they're making a new Silent Hill game. This just goes back all the way to like last year, um, and it looks like that's legit. It looks like they're working on three. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's three different projects. Yeah. Masahiro Ito is involved in it somehow. Who and he was like the main art director for like the the original games. Uh and allegedly there there's like a, a small indie game they're working on. Uh some other kind of original game that's like more full length, uh like a triple A, I guess. And then uh Supposedly, it's a Silent Hill 2 remake, which I don't like. Mm-hmm. I saw a bunch of people on Twitter saying, Why would you remake Silent Hill 2? It still looks great and plays great. Silent yeah. Hill 1 is the one that needs to be remade. Yeah, yeah. People, were, people were very divisive on the on the uh, reveal because I think the, uh, the company that's making uh, doing the remake allegedly, is, uh, I can't remember their name, it's like Blue something. Blue, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they they've made a couple of other like horror uh, based. Uh, what was it? Uh, Blue games. Point? Is that what you said? Not Blue no. Point. Blooper uh, or something. Uh, okay. Blooper team. Blooper. Blooper team. That's it. Uh, yeah. but they've done a, a, a several. Like they have some other IPs out there that where they've done some other horror uh, games and they've done some other remakes. But a lot of people were real mad because they're like, well, you don't need to remake it. And the team that's making it, they've never done anything that's been mind blowingly good. Like anything they've done has just been like, oh, okay, that's yeah, all it's right. mediocre. Um, but specifically the the group that dropped the reveal for these three games, I think the the indie one or the smaller one was like called like Silent Hill Side Stories or something, and then the other one's going to be a new main in- entry into the game. Um, 
they actually posted this and posted pictures of it, and then Konami demanded they immediately pull them down. Within like a literal few minutes of them being posted, they were ripped down, uh, taken down. So, and you know, usually anytime something like that happens, that's that usually means there's probably some weight to it. So, I highly speculated these were real. I will say this, uh, and this is me being a little negative and pessimistic a little bit. Uh, but I've, I have a feeling Konami's like tired of the Silent Hill talk, uh, and maybe they're just like, "Hey, take that shit down. I don't want to deal with the fans." Like uh, that, that. That was my thought initially. I don't know. A lot of evidence is piling up here, but I still mm. think it's just rumors. I mean, we'll we'll wait and see. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. Honestly, I not that I don't like Silent Hill. I I agree with you all. Like I would prefer to see the original be remade. But aside from that, I want to see them go back and do a main entry of Castlevania. And not screw it up. Like one of my favorite entries or film or games in the more modern takes of the the Castlevania games was Lords of Shadow. By the way, Patrick Stewart was in it. He was one of the characters, and they narrated the game. He was also uh, in Oblivion. Yeah, that yeah. So Lords of Shadow was actually a great game. It was it was really cool. Uh, the second one, um, I never played. It was uh, a huge commercial failure, though. It was very bad. So. People didn't like it for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, first one was yeah. fun though. It just felt like God of War to me though. It it did. Like I, to be fair, it did. But they they moved into that realm. Like they've already been doing like the 3D environment. Like there's a really good. Uh, I feel like it's an underrated gem of a game um, on PS2 and uh, Xbox called uh, Curse of Darkness. Um, and if you've watched the the TV shows uh, or the the Netflix series, uh, you play as one of the devil. Um, uh, what are they called? Uh, the ones that like can basically create demons. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what they're called, but like you have pets and like, it's almost like a, it's a hybrid between playing a Castlevania game and playing Pokemon. Like you create or something to that effect. Like you have a pet and you can evolve it and it turn it to different like things. They have different elements. Um, um, Devil Forger. That's what they are. Um, but uh, anyway, that, that's really cool. Um, you play as um Hector and Isaac is one of the main villains, and the like, that's actually the plot line from that is how they pulled that for the Netflix series, which I thought was really cool. Um, but it was one of those underrated gems. Like it's it's like a, a six out of ten game that plays like an eight out of ten game. That's the <laughs> way I like to look at it. But it's 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 fun if you can go back and play it. I'd recommend it. But um, I would like to see them go back and and do do something else, uh, an entry. And again, I don't, I, I don't want them to try to do like, oh, let's do what everyone else is doing and make like this big mind blowing like AAA uh, open world sandbox type of thing. You don't need to do that. I mean, you can keep it pretty simple. Hell, do do what Metroid Dread did, like just keep it simple. And they give us an actual Metroidvania game. I'm fine with that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that'd be a better use of their their uh, company's time versus let's do NFTs. Oh god. Uh maybe to make Silent Hill live service games. I hope not. Um <laughs> or the what pachinko machines? That's what that's what killed PT, but we won't go there. Yeah. Anything else, Zach? No. Okay. Chaz, what about you? Anything you want to bring up? Well, I, that was my news, but we, we I get jumped into it. Um, the, we could talk about wrestling news if we want to talk about what happened last night because uh, I feel like that's noteworthy. Yeah. Um. So I'll, I'll quickly set the table. Um. Or set the scene. Uh. So 
Sasha Banks and Naomi uh, went into the office of John Laurinaitis, who's the uh, talent relations uh, person, and they put they walked in with their suitcases, put the tag team titles on the desk, and walked out. Uh, and apparently, the way I heard it is that they didn't like the booking. Apparently, there was going to be like a six pack challenge uh, for Hell in a Cell, and it was Naomi was supposed to against uh, win and go against Bianca Belair uh, in Hell in a Cell, which apparently they didn't like. And they also didn't like how the booking was happening, where they just the tag team champions weren't uh, being booked like importantly, I guess, or something uh, spectacular. But in reality, Vince doesn't care about tag teams. Um, but anyway, uh, this is Sasha Banks, what, third time doing this, by the way? Didn't she, like, leave in frustration three times? The last time, she, it was when she was a tag team champion with Bailey. Remember that? Where Yeah, I remember, I remember hearing some kind of thing where they were, like, laying down on the ground backstage or something in protest or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's weird. It's bizarre. Let me put it this way. If, like, this was, like, the first time, like, she was actually speaking up, like, how garbage the creative team is, I'd be like, finally, someone is maybe gonna talk sense into Vince, even though we all know the outcome. Vince just doesn't give a shit, and he'll do what he wants to do. Um, But, like, if she'd done this the first time, I'd, I'd be like, okay, whatever. But this is going on probably three times now, and now she's becoming a habitual crybaby. Um, and I think it's not professional. Here's my take on it. Hey, if, if you don't like the booking, go up to Vince, be like, Hey, I don't like what you're doing. This is dumb. Uh, and either a, he'll respect you and do what he did with Jericho, where like he gave the opportunity to do something or he'll just say, no, I, I feel like you should be doing this. And if you still don't like it, just wait out your contract and leave. Instead of you just do it, you can do what Alexa Bliss did recently. You know how she was gone for a while, and then this story came out where she was like, she basically just asked Vince directly. She's like, "What's your all's deal? When am I coming back?" Because mm-hmm. <laughs> she just she wasn't injured or anything. It's just they didn't have any creative. Has nothing for you is like a meme mm-hmm. in like in like wrestling fandom. I mean, uh, that's basically how it works. You. Creative has nothing for you, and then eventually you get the future endeavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead she she was proactive and she she went to Vince directly, and she's like, "Hey, you guys have an idea yet? Because I want to get back to work. Yeah, let's let's, let's go. Yeah, and uh, within I think two weeks of that happening, she was back on TV. Yeah, and now, now she. Okay. No, I was just gonna say now she's just like back to herself, but like carries the doll around apparently. But that's yeah, because people love that fucking doll. It's I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. they sell a so, bunch of like copies of it or something. It's weird. So I think that it's important, at least with this, because we don't know the there like all the details and stuff are still really muddy and what happened. The one thing, two things that are of note that are important are they had advertised before the show had come on that that main event. And then in the middle of the show on Raw last night, allegedly, there was a, a, a segment happening with Becky Lynch in the back. And uh, and then suddenly they just announced, oh, well, it looks like you're off tonight now. Um, it, it seems that uh, uh, Naomi and Sasha have, have left. Like, they, they walked out tonight. 
uh, they didn't really say anything, but they, they said this on TV. They were like, oh, and they tied it into the story and said, okay, we'll, we'll just face Oscar now. And uh, then later, WWE actually put out an official statement about them leaving and even stated in their own statement, you know, uh, you know, WWE is a, a scripted wrestling show, uh, scripted ahead of time, they had ample time ahead of time. And uh, we apologize that we were not able to provide the the content that, that was promised. Um, so, and that's really what drew a lot of ire to all of this is okay. There's a there's they're not really sure. Like okay, this looks pretty severe. We don't know what what the plan is or, or you know whose side to take. Again, there's not enough information. I really don't have. I don't care anyway. My WWE, whatever. But I thought about it after, and I was like, well, this is a good way to put up a work but it probably isn't one so and we'll yeah see my response for what you said about like we don't know what their side is at this point i don't care uh because she this is the third time she's doing this i mean if, if you really hate what you're doing in this company and what you're given then quit like wait for your contract to go wait for your contract to be up and then do what you want to do either at all elite or you know, any other promotion. Because if you're just going to be crying all the time, you look like the bad person. Now, there's a lot of WWE uh, uh, white knights and simps out there that are just, like, uh, trying to be like, oh, you know, Sasha Banks this and Sasha Banks that. Like, they attacked Corey Graves because he mentioned the whole leaving. Um, oh, he called him unprofessional on live air. Which, again, his whole thing is he's supposed to be a heel color commentator so whatever he got heat that's i mean that's that's his job anyway so that's fine they tied it in if anything good on them to like take that and try to turn it into like a story or something on tv and see if they can make something out of it Mm -hmm. because normally creative would do nothing like that at all and i mean i i agree with you in that sentiment of if you're not happy with what's going on there like it's hard to feel bad for someone if you're getting paid millions of dollars to do this and you you would still get paid the same as far as how your contract goes if you just didn't decide to work, but you complain about it. I get the idea, the side of, um, you know, if you're having to work all these excessive dates and you know you all the other caveats of of being a professional wrestler. But then I'm, again, like you're also choosing to do it, so that's that's its own thing. Yeah, obviously, but, uh, obviously, if there's like stuff that comes out where like Vince like grabbed Sasha Banks' ass or something, and they were just like gone or whatever obviously i'd be like yeah fuck with like yeah i'd 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 do that uh if that ever happened to me if i was a female i would get that yeah but i was listening to something earlier and there's a bunch of different stories that are coming out about what it was about but none of them validate any of it Mm -hmm. like no matter what what the story is true or which one's not but i did hear a story listening to a different uh cast before i came on and it was a story about how a different wrestler back like in the late 90s had a very similar thing where he and his partner were set that night to to have a match and they were actually going to drop their tag titles to to someone else and it turns out the other had his wife was emergently sick like she got hospitalized and like was like in critical condition and he came to them and said listen guys i'm sorry i need to leave like and explain it and they said no you can't leave you got to drop the belts tonight. Don't worry. We're just, we'll do that. We'll get you a plane ride home the next morning. No big deal. And he got his bags packed and he 
took the, the title and said, you guys can shove this up your ass. My, my wife comes first. And he walked out. And they came back. And, like, as he was getting to his car, they, they came and said, no, we're sorry. Like, don't worry. And they gave him first-class ticket to get home. Like, yeah. And that, that makes sense. It's justified. There's an emergency. You don't screw that. You know, you're, it's a life-or-death situation. That's different. <laughs> but I don't think this is anything near that. No, so I no. don't think that's justification. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I don't really care. If it's a work, it's a work. Um, I mean, it definitely got fucking the mainstream media um, talking about it. Like, it was in the New York Post and stuff. Uh, but it, it's it's whatever. Um, Zach, did you have anything that you wanted to bring up about that? Oh, uh, I was just gonna say, it kind of draws parallels a little bit to like when uh when Steve Austin walked out. Uh, but I will say because they did the same thing to him. He's like, oh, Steve Austin took his ball and went home because he didn't go back to TV for like, I think a few months. Mm-hmm. He just fucking went home. But, yeah, he was off of television for a few months. I will say, uh, in his defense somewhat, I felt like he had a really good point. <laughs> and they just they just weren't listening to him. They were just button heads. So he was just like, all right, I'll just go home then. See you all later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and his thing, too, they the whole thing with him came out because there have been a lot of other things. And he's even come out saying he regretted how he handled it. But yeah. the frustration at the time was he is literally the hottest thing in the in in their entire industry and has been for a while. And he's facing and, Scott Hall drunk. <laughs> and well, I mean that, yeah, that was leading to the frustration, but the whole thing of him walking out was about him facing Lesnar and losing to Lesnar in like a quarter finals match for King of the ring or on something TV. on television. And he, yeah. and he wasn't saying he wouldn't do it. He was saying, guys, this doesn't make any sense. If you're wanting to make a big deal out of this guy, have him face me on a show, make people pay for it, make it a pay-per-view. Like, let me face him in the finals, and I'll do the job. Like, let's put it on a pay-per-view and get a bunch of money out of it. Like, do it the right way. And they're like, no, no, you're going to do it on this random taping of SmackDown we have ready. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm going home. <laughs> like, you just left. Or Raw, whichever taping it was. So he was like, oh, fuck that. I'm not doing it. And yeah. that's what led to the whole thing. I always kind of yeah. took his his side on that, that story. <laughs> yeah, I mean. um, But other than that, um, Sasha, I, I final word, and then we'll end the show here because uh, it's a lengthy one. But uh, my final thoughts on Sasha Banks: I think this is Vince's final straw on her. Um, I think he's going to be a dick about it. Whatever contract the she has left, she's going to be in catering, uh, chasing after the twenty four seven title, trying to bang Tazawa or something with that love triangle that they're doing. Uh, back there uh and i think that's her future with the wwe until her contract is up i don't think sasha stocks is all elite (laughs) yes i i I don't i don't know if she'll be wrestling anymore i i i I think she might have just had her whatever her last match was like that was her last match and she won't wrestle anymore because she's i think she'll try to move into acting yeah star wars well she was in the mandalorian so Mm -hmm. um but anyway any final thoughts before we end the show here? No. No? Okay. <laughs> We're going to end the show here. Guys, remember, Star Trek Nemesis is next week. And then next cool. week, we're also going to be doing some getting some color. We're going back to WCW Saturday Night and WWF Raw. We're almost at the end of the month. We have like three more 
uh, shows in that month before we end July. Now we're going to have, this is the first time Chaz is actually going to have a full month to do an award show with us uh, for the end of the month. Um, So we have getting some color next week. Um, Like I said, I am going to beat the game because I don't want to shave my head for revelations so that we can get that, uh, that done. Um, and, uh, soon we'll have that metal gear podcast, uh, uh, recorded and stuff. So keep an eye out for that. We're all on every podcast service. I'm not even going to name them out. You, you put our name in there. We're there. Uh, and you could even say Alexa or Google this or Cortana. Cortana could watch you fuck and play our podcast at the same time. Just think about that. Um, <laughs> just like Master Chief. Master Chief listens to us. Yes, Master Chief listens to us uh, and has sex. Anyway, we're gonna end it here. Uh, everybody, have a good night. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Peace.